back. This is Buddhist Books Podcast, episode 166, Tipitaka, part 98, in which I will continue to read the Tipitaka, uh, specifically Bikuni Vibhanga, Sangha di Sessa, part 7, and probably it's safe to say part 8. Um, if this is your first time seeing me, I would recommend clicking here. That will take you to the beginning of the Tipitaka playlist, where you'll have 90-something episodes of uh, Rules for Monks, or high 80s, if not 90-something, um, ep- uh, of these recitals of the Monks' Rules. And then we just relatively recently got into the Rules for Nuns, Our special guest today, Lord Ganesh. Now, long-time listeners or viewers of this program might be thinking, what is that music in the background? Um, Well, that's Goan music. Music from Goa, who was a... I mean, it wasn't considered actually a colony of Portuguese, Portugal. It was considered part of Portugal up until sometime in the 1960s when all the the decolonization was happening and uh, India was like, hey, can we have Goa? And the the Portuguese didn't answer the phone, so they rolled in with their tanks and said, this is India now. Anyway, enough politics. No, actually, what you might be thinking uh, is, oh, it's one of these ecumenical exchange program episodes since Ganesh, obviously, is not part of Buddhism, but rather Hinduism. And uh, believe it or not, uh, that's not entirely correct. Um, Ganesh is a part of Vajrayana Buddhism and a little bit a part of Mahayana Buddhism, from what I understand. I was uh, looking at, uh, just for reference, um, someone was recently uh, commenting on this photo that I took last year in Gangtok Sikkim. Yes, a very unusual-looking depiction of Ganesh. And so, uh, in order to kind of explain, I decided to do a little bit of just this much background research myself in order to reply to a Facebook comment. So I checked out the TibetanBuddhistEncyclopedia.com, I believe. And uh, it explains that in the Mahayana Sutra... uh, Ganesh met with a form of Kuan Yin, who, as you may know, is basically a development on Avalokiteshvara. Avalokiteshvara, one moment. This is Avalokiteshvara, a form of Avalokiteshvara, um, known basically as the Bodhisattva of compassion. And this is, uh, you could say, Kuan Yin, Though technically it's Kanon, um, which is the Japanese name for Kuan Yin. So these are the same, Avalokiteshvara and Kuan Yin, um, from what I understand. Comment below if you would like to add nuance to that statement or disagree with it. Uh, But from what I understand, Avalokiteshvara kind of evolved into Kuan Yin, not really an exact usage of the word evolve there, but... Nonetheless, Kuan Yin in the Mahayana Sutra, by the way, I'm assuming they meant the Mahayana Sutras 
or a Mahayana Sutra. If there is a sutra called the Mahayana Sutra, please uh, post a link to it because I'm familiar with Mahayana Buddhism and the Mahayana Sutras, many of which, some of which are here. And we'll get to them in, let's say, oh, years from now. We'll get to them, what happened with my finger there. Anyway, um, so yes, according to apparently the Mahayana Sutra, according to Tibetan Buddhism encyclopedia.com, um, Kuan Yin appeared as a beautiful woman, and Ganesh saw her and said, marry me. And she said, I will marry you only if you promise to become a protector and defender of Buddhism. And he said, yeah, okay. Let's do this, you know, and so they got married. So in Vajrayana Buddhism, Ganesh is the spouse of Avalokiteshvara, the spouse of Kuan Yin. Um, in that particular uh, image that I, yes, this one, um, according to, again, to the same source, the multi-armed, uh, many-limbed, and fearfully armed uh, Ganesh Oh, as a red. He's not really red in that one. Well, anyway, if you see a red, many-limbed, fearfully armed Ganesh, uh, he is an emanation of Avalokiteshvara. And uh, there's a few other, there's some uh, scriptures where he's depicted as being under the foot of Mahakala, but then in other scriptures, he's a god of wealth in Buddhism. So... It's not quite so simple unless, unless, I mean, you, you could draw a comparison, not an exact comparison, but you could draw a comparison to a person saying the Christmas tree is not a part of Christianity, um, which some denominations do. Some 150 some odd year old denominations say that. However, prior to the Jehovah's Witnesses and maybe the Seventh-day Adventists and a few other of these like purists who want to like just stick with the Bible and not, uh, you know, um, let any of the pagan influence of the past 2000 years have any say in the definition of Christianity. Um, <clears throat> according to, you know, regular Christians all around the world for, you know, like thousand years or more, um, the Christmas tree is a part of Christianity. So <clears throat> in a similar way, my yoga teacher, actually yoga teacher trainer in Los Angeles, um, once wanted to make it darn clear to us that Om and the chanting of Om is not a Buddhist thing. It's a Hindu thing. And I raised my hand and, uh, you know, begged to differ uh, but, you know, that never went that well. But, um, yeah, it did become a part of, especially Vajrayana Buddhism, on account of what could be termed the Hindu influence on Vajrayana. Right? So, there you have it. Um, if you define Buddhism as, you know, only the Tipitaka, <clears throat> then it's correct. Ganesha is not a part of Buddhism. Om is not a part of Buddhism, the chanting of it, as far as I know so far. But if you allow the definition of Buddhism to include not just pre-sectarian early Buddhism and Theravada, but Mahayana and Vajrayana in all of its forms, including Shingon and Zen, 
if you count all this whole picture as Buddhism, let's bring it back, uh, then, then it is incorrect to say that Ganesha is not a part of Buddhism and that the chanting of Om is not a part of Buddhism. Bethany, sorry, hi if you're watching, that's weird. Um, I'm embarrassed if you're watching. Anyway, uh, so yeah, on a personal note, before I get to the reading, um, back in 2002, back in the, the cult days, about a third of the way through those days, uh, Anyway, it was a Western esoteric cult. Uh, I mean, I, I could say order. It sounds a bit less freaky, but let me be honest. Um, so there was a point where there was something to do with India. Uh, basically, the whole story, not the whole story, but a lot of the story is told, if you follow that link, episode 49 of the Esoteric Nerd podcast with the late, great Joe Shantz. Yes, so he and a couple other people went to India on behalf of our order. And uh, while they were there, they were introduced to Ganesh. I mean, they'd probably, you know, seen Ganesh on The Simpsons before. Please do not offer my god a peanut. But, um, yeah, we're properly kind of introduced to him there. And uh, we ended up kind of incorporating him into our group. And Asiel uh, me Now, if, you, if you're familiar with that reference... Familiar with that little inside joke there? Hello, you're either one of the 21 people uh, that were in the room that day, or <clears throat> you already heard the episode with Joe Shans, in which I believe I mentioned it. So, yes, I myself, after um, the introduction of Ganesh into our temple and practice, had several Ganesh shrines, or one Ganesh shrine that evolved over time. And uh, as you can see, I had coins and Skittles. Those are Skittles. Um, I had worked out a based five numerical system uh, using Skittles and the colors, more or less, of the Sephira from Yasod to um, Gavura. So, you know, for example, this would equal one, this would equal eight, this would equal 13, this would equal 178, I'm going to hate myself later, or rather editor me um, might be a little annoyed that I made him do all that. Um, okay, <clears throat> so that's how I kept track of my coins. Um, Ganesh uh, in Hinduism is a god of money changers, um, and he loves candy, so it stood to reason to me. Actually, at the time, I didn't know he was a god of money changers, among other things. He's most commonly known as um, a god who um, removes obstacles. So uh, I'd say that's enough uh, of an introduction to this episode, if you can call it that. That's our special guest. And uh, I hope everyone's doing well today. And uh, let's get to the reading. Oh, by the way, um, the incense you saw me light at the beginning there is, uh, well, this brand. Morning Star. Formal meeting. Sangha di Sessa 7. At one time, the Enlightened One, the Lord, was staying at Sabati in the Jetta Grove in Anatta Pindika's monastery. Now at that time, the nun Kandakali, having quarreled with nuns, we remember Kandakali, angry, displeased, spoke thus, 
quote, I repudiate the enlightened one. I repudiate Dhamma. I repudiate the order. Now, of course, I know the meaning of the word repudiate, English being my first language, but uh, Editor Edward, could you remind some of the others who perhaps don't know? Of course, to repudiate is a verb, meaning to say that you refuse to accept or believe something. Thank you, Editor Edward. Now, we all know the meaning of repudiate. Anyway, I repudiate the training. What indeed are these recluses? Who are recluses? Daughters of the Sakyans. For there are other recluses, conscientious, scrupulous, desirous of training. I will lead the Brahma life among these. End quote. Wow. She was pissed. Those, by the way, for the British, uh, I, I, I'm referring to the American usage of pissed, meaning angry, not drunk. In England, it means drunk. Anyway, those who were modest nuns, three dots, spread it about, saying, quote, How can the lady Kandalakali, a nun, angry, displeased, talk thus? Quote within quotes, I repudiate three dots. I, by the way, just to go on record here, I also repudiate three dots. I don't like them. I will lead the Brahma life among these, end quote, question mark, quote, rather, end quote, within quotes, question mark, end quotes, three dots. Quote, is it true, as is said, monks, that the nun Kandalakali, angry, displeased, spoke thus, Quote within quotes, I repudiate, three dots. I will lead the Brahma life among these, end quote within quotes, question mark, end quote. Quote, it is true, Lord, end quote. The enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked them, saying, quote, How, monks, can the nun Kandalakali, angry, displeased, speak thus? Quote within quotes, I repudiate, three dots. I will lead the Brahma life among these, end quote within quotes, question mark. It is not monks who are pleasing those who are not, parentheses, yet, end parentheses, please, three dots. This rule of training. Um, whatever nun, angry, displeased, should speak thus, quote within quotes, I repudiate the enlightened one, three dots, I repudiate the training. What indeed are these recluses who are recluses, daughters of the Sakyans? Puppy, please. I'm in the middle of a recital. Could you... Is it, is it really annoying? I'll keep reading. For there are other recluses, conscientious, scrupulous, desirous of training. I will lead the Brahma life among these. End quote, end quotes. That nun should be spoken to thus by the nuns. Quote, within quotes, <clears throat> do not, lady, angry and displeased, speak thus, quote, so a quote within a quote within a quote gets quotes, not quote within quotes, two, two thingies, anyway, I repudiate the enlightened one, three dots, I will lead the Brahma life among these, what? I mean, she's talking about leaving, she's going to leave, what, are you going to kick her out, 
this isn't even one of the rules where you get kicked out. It's a formal meeting. Like, how are you going to have a formal meeting when she's, like, walking away? End quote. Unless it's, like, this, there's a rule against talking like this. Obviously, if someone leaves, they're gone. But if you talk, I'm going to leave, screw this place, nah, then you, mm, you get punished for that. If you, assuming you don't leave, right? Is that what's happening here? Be satisfied, lady. Dharma is well preached. Lead the Brahma life for the utter ending of ill. End quote. In quotes. And if that nun being spoken to thus by the nuns persists as before, that nun should be admonished by the nuns up to a third time for giving up that parentheses course. And parentheses. Course is in parentheses, by the way. If being admonished up to a third time, she should give it up, that is good. If she should not give it up, that nun also has fallen into a matter that is an offense on the third parentheses admonition and parentheses entailing a formal meeting of the order involving being sent away. End quote. So if you're a nun in in pre-BCE, um, I mean, pre-BCE, what's pre-BCE? Wow, that's like a paradox. Um, before a point, before a point. That's before an infinite amount of time in the past. That's pretty amazing, wow. Sorry, that was unintentional. Um, if you're a nun 2,600 years ago and you feel like the path is just bunk and you wanna leave, you want to join another cult, you can just leave, right? Or you can like talk about it and then leave, talk about it on your way out. But if you're not actually going to leave, then don't talk like you're going to leave, I guess, right? Because you'll have a formal meeting about that. It's a very specific, narrow band of uh, displeasure in which you, um, this order would apply to you. This law would apply to you. Whatever means <clears throat> three dots. Next time we'll do the flashback. None means three dots. Angry, displeased means dissatisfied, the mind worse, worsened, stubborn. Should speak thus means, quote in quotes, I repudiate three dots, I will leave the Brahma life among these, end quote in quotes. That nun means whatever nun speaks thus. By the nuns means by other nuns who see, hear, she should be told by these, quote, do not, lady, angry, displeased, three dots for the utter ending of ill, end quote. And, uh, quote, within quotes, within quotes, right? And a second time she should be told, and a third time she should be told. If she gives it up, that is good. If she does not give it up, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If, having heard, they do not speak, there is an offense of wrongdoing. And that nun, having been pulled into the midst of the order, should be told, Do not, lady, angry, displeased, speak thus. Quote within quotes, I repudiate the enlightened one, I repudiate Dharma, I repudiate the order, I repudiate the training, three dots. I will lead the Brahma life among these, end quote, within quotes. Be satisfied, lady, three dots. Lead the Brahma life for the utter ending of ill, end quote. 
And a second time she should be told, and a third time she should be told, if she gives it up, that is good. If she does not give it up, there is an offensive wrongdoing. That nun should be admonished, and thus, monks, should she be admonished. The order should be informed by an experienced, competent nun, saying, Quote, ladies, let the order listen to me. This nun, so-and-so, angry, displeased, spoke thus. Quote within quotes, I repudiate three dots. I will lead the Brahma life among these. And quote within quotes, she does not give up this course. If it seems right to the order, let the order admonish the nun, so-and-so, for giving up this course. This is the motion. Ladies, let the order listen to me. This nun, so-and-so, three dots. She says it all again. <clears throat> she does not give up this course. The order admonishes the nun, so-and-so, for giving up this course. If the admonishment, if the admon, admonition, there it is, of the nun, so-and-so, for the giving up of this course is pleasing to the ladies, let them be silent. If not pleasing, then you should speak. That sounds like silence to me. And a second time, I speak forth this matter. Wow, you said it all twice the first time. So you're going to say it all a second time again, twice, and then a third time twice. So you're saying it all six times. Okay, I mean, you know, that's how you do it. Three dots. And the third time I speak forth this matter, three dots. The nun so-and-so is admonished by the order for giving up of the, for the giving up of this course. It is pleasing. Three dots. Thus do I understand this. End quote. As a result of the motion, there is an offensive wrongdoing. As a result of two proclamations, there are grave offenses. At the end of the proclamation, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. If she is committing an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order, the offense of wrongdoing according to the motion and the grave offenses according to the two proclamations subside. Right. right. So like if you are uh, on trial and they're like, he definitely killed the guy but we don't know if he did it on purpose, so he's guilty of homicide. Oh, new evidence came. He did mean to do it. He planned it. Here's the notebook where he wrote, I'm going to kill the guy. He's guilty of murder. He's no longer guilty of homicide because he's now guilty of murder, right? Makes sense? So, so once the formal meeting, you know, thing is established, he's guilty of a formal meeting, then the wrongdoing of being guilty of having a nun admonish her the first time subsides, right? Is, that, is it making sense? Comment below. Engagement is everything. Um, she also means she is so called in reference to the former. Up to the third time means she falls on the third admonition, not through transgression of a course. Involving being sent away means she is caused to be sent away by the order. Offense entailing a formal meeting of the order means three dots. We did that. We'll do the flashback again. Not next time, but sometime. Three dots. Therefore, again, it is called an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. 
if she thinks that it is a legally valid act when it is a legally valid act, parentheses and, and parentheses, does not give it up, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. If she is in doubt as to whether it is a legally valid act, three dots. If she thinks that it is not a legally valid act when it is a legally valid act, parentheses and, and parentheses, does not give it up, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. I'm not sure how this paragraph like exactly applies to this particular case, but it seems to be like the rubber stamp that they put at the end of a lot of these rules. If she thinks that it is a legally valid act when it is not a legally valid act, there is an offense of wrongdoing. Hmm. Under what circumstances would it be a legally valid act to proclaim that the I, I forsake, I forsooth, whatever that word we all know is, I re recluse, I renounce, I repudiate the, uh, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the order and the teachings. Under what circumstances would that be legally valid to do? Comment below. Anyway, uh, if she is in doubt as to whether it is not a legally valid act, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If she thinks that it is not a legally valid act when it is not a legally valid act, there is an offense of wrongdoing. There is no offense if she is not admonished, if she gives it up, if she is mad, if she is the first wrongdoer. So everybody gets like one wrongdoing. I think that, you know, not in the case of like the really big rules. Like if you kill someone, it's like, well, have you done anything bad before? Did you talk loudly in the middle of a village? Did you stand with your arms akimbo in the middle of a village? Did you chew with your mouth open? Did you talk with your mouth full? No, no, I haven't done any of those things. Oh, okay, well, it's just murder. You can get away with it once. No, uh, in, those, in the case of the big rules, uh, you don't get off just because you are the first wrongdoer. But in the case of this one, if you've never done anything wrong, You've been a nun for five minutes or five years or 50 years. And one day you're just like, you know what? I can't stand the Buddha. I think the Dharma's crap. People are like, uh, I admonish you three times. And then you're like, oh, yeah, sorry. I, I was having a really bad day. It's no harm, no foul. You don't even get a wrongdoing. It's just, eh. It's your first time doing anything wrong, so it's all good. But if you chewed with your mouth full before this, then you're out of here, right? Okay. Seems pretty straightforward. If you're going to be a nun, don't talk that way. All right. Um, so I'll read one more. This one's a little shorter. Formal meeting. Sangha di Sessa 8. At one time, the Enlightened One, the Lord, was staying at Sabati in the Jetta Grove in Anatta Pindika's monastery. Now at that time, the nun Kandala Kali, again, overthrown in some legal question, angry, displeased, spoke thus, quote, The nuns are following a wrong course through desire, and the nuns are following a wrong course through hatred. And the nuns are following a wrong course through stupidity. And the nuns are following a wrong course through fear. End quote. 
Those who were modest nuns, three dots, spread it about, saying, quote, How can the lady, the nun Kandala Kali, three dots, displeased, speak thus, quote within quotes, three dots, and the nuns are following a wrong course through fear, and quote within quotes, question mark, and quote, three dots. Quote, it is true, Lord. Boy, Miss Horner is just tired, just tired in general. Just like, put it all in the three dots. There's a rule, three dots. That's the rule. Figure it out on your own. All right. It is true, Lord. Do you know what happened in those three dots? So the nuns spread it about. The monks heard about it. The monks spread it about. Modest nuns told the Lord. The Lord called an assembly after reason talk. He addressed the monks saying, is it true that the nun Kandala Kali said all this stuff? That's what's in the three dots. Okay. So continuing from there. Quote, it is true, Lord, end quote. The enlightened one. The Lord rebuked them, saying, quote, How, monks, can the nun Kandala Kali three dots displeased speak thus? Quote, then quotes three dots. And the nuns are following a wrong course through fear, and quote, then quotes question mark. It is not, monks, for pleasing those who are not, parentheses yet, and parentheses pleased. Three dots. Set forth this rule of training. Whatever nun overthrown in some legal question, angry, displeased, should speak thus, quote, and quotes, the nuns are following a wrong course through desire, three dots, and the nuns are following a wrong course through fear, and quote, and quotes, that nun should be spoken to thus by the nuns, quote, and quotes, do not, lady, overthrown in some legal question, angry, displeased, speak thus, regular quotes, quote, and quotes, within quotes. The nuns are following a wrong course through desire, three dots, and the nuns are following a wrong course through fear, and quotes within quotes within quotes that look like just regular quotes. The lady herself may go parentheses wrong and parentheses from desire, and she may go parentheses wrong and parentheses from hatred, and she may go parentheses wrong and parentheses from stupidity, and she may go parentheses wrong, and parentheses from fear. And quote within quotes. Now it's interesting, the word wrong in quotes meaning that it was added to help clarify the context. So that it wasn't in the original poly. Let's read it without the wrong in parentheses. The lady herself may go from desire, and she may go from hatred, and she may go from stupidity, and she may go from fear. I kind of like it better without the parentheses, without wrong in parentheses. Obviously, it's wrong. It's fear, stupidity, desire, and hatred. I mean, you have to be like very new to Buddhism to think that you, it's go right. Ah, you, you can go from fear. No, it's wrong. Yeah, of course it's wrong. Sorry. I'll continue. End quote, end quotes. And if this nun, being spoken to thus by the nuns, <clears throat> persists as before, she should be admonished up to a third time for giving up that parentheses course and parentheses. If being admonished up to a third time, she should give it up, that is good. If she should not give it up, that nun also has fallen into a matter that is an offense on the third parentheses admonition and parentheses entailing a formal meeting of the order involving being sent away. End quotes. Whatever means three dots. None means three dots. In some legal question means... Legal question means there are four parentheses kinds of... 
kinds of, in parentheses, right, in parentheses, legal questions. Legal questions arising out of disputes. Legal questions arising out of censure. Legal questions arising out of transgressions. Legal questions arising out of obligations. Overthrown means she is called defeated. Really? Is that Parajika? Yeah, Parajika. Wow. So, what? So if she's found guilty of being defeated, you're no longer a nun, we don't want to see you again, get out of here. And she's like, you're just speaking out of fear. Then she's also guilty of a formal meeting on top of being defeated. Is that what I'm getting at? Comment below. Angry, displeased means dissatisfied. The mind worsened, stubborn. Should speak thus, saying, that means saying, quote, the nuns are following a wrong course through desire. Three dots. And the nuns are following a wrong course through fear. And quote, that nun means whatever nun speaks thus. By the nuns means by other nuns who see here she should be told by these nuns, quote, do not lady overthrown three dots and she may go parentheses wrong and parentheses from fear and quote and a second time she should be told and a third time she should be told three dots parentheses sing vii two one through three instead of do not lady angry etc read do not lady overthrown etc instead of none so and so angry etc read this none so and so overthrown etc and parentheses, fair enough, fair enough. So that like page and a half from the previous rule about how to do the admonition, just copy paste that here with that slight change. Fair enough, Miss Warner, fair enough. In fact, thank you. Three dots, if she is the first wrongdoer. Okay, so a lot went in those three dots. You remember all the, the ways you can get away with it if you're mad. Legally invalid and not legally, you thought it was valid, it's a wrongdoing, all that stuff, all, all of it. Okay, um, those are some rules. Um, someone commented, uh, wow, this is very severe. Yeah, yeah, a little different than like smoking a joint and listening to some Alan Watts videos or uh, recitals. And uh, that probably there's a spectrum, as I mentioned, there's different forms and manifestations of uh, Buddhism on various levels. So this is for nuns and then previously for monks in the first like 90 of these Tipitaka recitals. If you're gonna be a monk and Buddha himself is actually your teacher and you're following him around in ancient Bihar, India, then yeah, it's strict, it's strict. Um, a lot of people say, yeah, don't bother reading these because you're not a monk, you're not a nun. So these rules don't apply to you. And probably in like Mahayana and Vajrayana and, and uh, more recent manifestations of Buddhism, they don't even apply to them, a lot of them. Um, but I'm going to read them anyway, partly because everybody says to skip it and uh, partly because I want to. And uh, I hope that you're enjoying it. If, if you are still watching, by the way, hi to the people listening to the audio only on uh, the podcast. You're awesome. 
just hang in there while I talk to the people on YouTube for a second. If you're watching me right now on YouTube and you watched this whole video and you liked it, you enjoyed it, and you think that maybe you might want to watch another video like it in the series, that's awesome. Thank you. Um, also, if you don't mind, if I could ask you to do me a solid and, uh, uh, you know, just subscribe. You don't even have to click like on this video. You can if you want to. But if you could subscribe to the channel, that would be uber cool um, because then, well, I'd have one more subscriber than I did before. A lot of people were subscribed to the old channel. This is a relatively new channel. Um, the Buddhist books recitals were a playlist on my, my main channel, Edward Reeb. Um, and then after, I don't know, like 150 of them, I decided to dedicate a new channel, Buddhist books podcast, this channel, um, this channel. So there you have it. Uh, that's all out of me. And uh, I hope you all have a wonderful day. And thank you to our special guest, Lord Ganesh, for being our guest today. Now I will go ahead and close. This was one where I ramble. Sometimes I ramble more than in other ones. All right. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us, and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Oh. Until next time.